The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event. With your host, Jason Sway. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two shots and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Download the free Swain Event app for Android Apple devices. You can stream us online at SwainEvent.com. If you miss any part of the show, you can go back and subscribe to the podcast and listen to any part of the show. We podcast everything right there on the website, right there on your Swain Event app. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, our number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Ben, good morning, man. Good morning. Big time, big time game for your boys this weekend, man. Big time game for your boys. Which boys? Yeah, you, you, do, you, do, you do got some boys, man. You got you got your Steelers. You got the Grizz. Mm-hmm. I was more talking about the Steelers uh, against the Browns this weekend. Baker Mayfield coming back and going to be uh, available to play. Just a huge game to stay in contention there in the AFC North. Um, but the Grizz, too, man. The Grizz play this weekend. John Morant, a lot of... Uh, expectations for him. People are looking back at the dr- at the draft a couple of years ago, wondering should the Pelicans should they have taken um, John Morant over Zion Williamson? So uh, John Morant doing his thing, but man, yeah, you got you got some teams, man. You got some teams mm-hmm. to watch this weekend. Some big games. So good morning to you. Uh, we got a couple things to talk about today here on Rocky Talk, but good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you and all the wonderful people are doing well. Steelers should take care of business against the Browns, but who knows? Depends on which Steelers offense wants to show up this weekend. <laughs> if, if the Steelers can can move the ball and, and have some success on offense, they'll be fine. If, if not, then it'll be a... A long, frustrating day. We'll see. I bet Baker doesn't really scare me. It's it's more so the running game that oh, yeah. scares me. And and I know Baker's injury is to his non-throwing shoulder, but I mean if it if it's popping out, 
every single game, then then obviously it's an issue even if it's not your throwing shoulder. So that that doesn't necessarily scare me. It's it's the duo of, of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But I think Kareem Hunt's out as as well. So we'll see. It'll come down to whether the Steelers can move the ball or not. It's weird. Uh, I hate bye weeks. Like from a from a fan perspective, obviously Tennessee needs a bye week. A bye week could not come at a, about at yourself, a better time. But it just feels weird not having Tennessee football this weekend. Uh, the Steelers had their bye this past weekend, and it, it felt weird not watching the Steelers on on Sunday. It's going to feel weird not watching Tennessee this Saturday. So I don't, I don't like buys. I understand the purpose of them from a team perspective, but I, I hate them from from the fan perspective. I, I want to watch a play. Uh, forget going home and spending time with your family. Come back and entertain me. <laughs> it's about me. Let me ask you this about Tennessee's bye week. I thought about asking Josh Heupel about it yesterday, but I, I figured I'd get some cliche answer, so I decided not to. Instead, I asked about Cedric Tillman. Do you like where Tennessee's bye week is this year? With with four games to go, it feels real late in the year, quite honestly. And I, I know that there's a, a lot of other bye weeks this year or this week in the SEC. Alabama is on a bye week. Uh, Arkansas is on a bye week. LSU is on a bye week. Tennessee, obviously. So there there are several teams with a bye week, but there's four games left. It's 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 late. It's I mean it's one month left in the season. Uh, I kind of feel like the the bye week could have come a week or two earlier. Perfect, perfect timing, Ben. Perfect timing. It's it's perfect timing with the current four game stretch that that Tennessee is in. But in terms of of length of the season and only having. Four weeks after the bye week, and, and having played eight to nine weeks prior to the bye, kind of uneven. I, I kind of like my bye week to kind of be in the middle and, and even out the the beginning and the end, if that makes sense. Well, I think it depends on the circumstances, and for this football team in this circumstance, it it falls at a perfect time because K. Mays got hurt in the Ole Miss game. Mm-hmm. K. Mays not playing. Impacts this offensive line in a tremendous way. I mean, you're talking about going from a NFL caliber player to a player that just a few months ago was a walk-on player. You look at Tyon Evans. You look at um, Kron Calvert. I mean, there's so many guys that are benefiting from this week off. And the game after the bye week is against a team that is ranked in top 15, is a team that's a better matchup for you to beat. Alabama was always going to be a terrible matchup because the talent gap is too wide and the depth is night and day different. You can argue that the bye week could have came before Ole Miss and would have been perfect, but again, Kay Mays got hurt during Ole Miss and didn't miss Alabama. 12th rated Kentucky, you have a chance to go up there and beat. And you have 
extra days to prepare for Kentucky. More days than Kentucky will have to prepare for us. I think it's beautiful. I think it falls beautifully in place for, for Tennessee. I understand, you know, this is your OCD coming out, Ben. Right in the middle. Right in the <laughs> middle. I want it right in the middle. I mean, I feel the same way about my Steelers. Like, the, the Steelers have played, I think it's seven games so far. And, and their bye week is early. They're, they're, they're about to, to go on a stretch of playing ten straight weeks. So, seven games before the bye, ten after. That, that's a long stretch, especially when, when you, you talk about the, the final stretch of the season. So, I guess, I guess it is my OCD. Because I, I don't even like the Steelers being as early as theirs is. Because I, I really do like it kind of split evenly down the middle. And one side of the spectrum not, not having more games or far more games than, than the other side. It just depends, man. What if you like super healthy and you don't need a bye week? Yeah. Like, like the Steelers, they obviously have a bunch of old farts running around, particularly Ben Roethlisberger. So a bye week later in the season, instead of him having to play 10 straight weeks, would, would be better for the Steelers. But obviously the circumstances of, of Tennessee's current schedule with – the, this brutal four-game stretch being towards the, the end of the season, the bye week does come at, at a perfect time. Yeah, I mean, the bye week could have come at a better time for Tennessee right now. I uh, just wondered if, like, from a coaching perspective, if Josh Heupel preferred his bye weeks more like middle of the season, like, like I'm talking about. I think coaches prefer their bye weeks to come. Based off circumstance? Off, yep, based off circumstance. And, and the different schedule. Like, next year, it, it comes between – Florida and LSU. Because what if, like, what if you plan great football and you are healthy? You don't want a bye week to just pop up on you. If you're playing, you know, just fabulous football, that break may stop all that. And if you have everyone healthy, everyone feeling good, everyone's bouncing around, you don't need a bye week. But if you are in this position where Tennessee is playing as well as they can play. Not saying that they're playing perfect because no team is playing perfect. The closest team playing the perfect is Georgia. So most of the teams in college football are not playing perfect. So not saying that we are anywhere close to playing perfect, but, like, you're getting more out of less, right? Mm -hmm. This is a perfect time to take a bye week because, man, you you got a guy hurt at every level, at every position group except for, no, 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 every group, every group. Kicker's not hurt. Man, I, I, I thought my guy, uh, you know, Chase McGrath was hurt a little bit. If, I, I mean, that if, kick against. If he is, that's news to us. I, I, thought he was, I thought he was banged up a little bit. I mean, he, he looked like he was. Paxton's been the one that's Winston, been banged up this year. Um, I think it was, what long field goal he attempted a couple games ago. Was it Ole Miss? It was super, super short. Was it not Ole Miss? I think it was, but it just. Like, he just didn't look right. Like, he didn't look like he was hurting. So, I think every level, every position group has an injury. Maybe maybe defensive line. Anybody hurt, really? Defensive yeah, line? Elijah Simmons. Yeah, Elijah Simmons. So, you got and the linebacker. Um, Juwan I mean, Mitchell out for the year. He's out for the year. Defensive backs are, are, are nicked up. Yeah, Theo nicked up. Christian Charles. Yep, yep, yep. Danico missed some time. Yep, so, like – the bye week is coming at a perfect time. Mm-hmm. Perfect time. It's like the moment 
Your checking and your savings ain't acting right. All the time. And then you get that direct deposit out of nowhere. Ooh. Ooh. Broke on a Thursday. Direct deposit on a Friday. Perfect timing. Perfect time. This is the bye week, man. Bye week is coming at a perfect time for Tennessee. And you get that advantage. You get that advantage. A couple days in uh, preparation time. You get that advantage over Kentucky. Now you can throw in some wrinkles that Kentucky has not seen based on what you have done uh, in your first eight games. But, yeah, man, eight games, whoo, back to back to back to back. Yeah, that's brutal. But I think you beat Kentucky, you look back and go, yeah, that was worth it. Oh, yeah. The problem is that Tennessee's been dealing with all these injuries week after week after week after week and could have used the bye week before each game. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what's the point of having a bye week before Alabama? You can be a hundred percent healthy. It ain't gonna matter. It is. Uh, what? It is fourth quarter game. Last I saw. Still would have took an L. Still would have took an L. What, you if, could, what if you're able to have Cade Mays back because of a bye week before Alabama? What What if he was the difference in the game? He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been. No, I, I, play defense. I do think Tennessee's bye week came at a perfect time. I wrote a story on on VolQuest about it earlier this week. How are you going to write a story about the, 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 the bye week and come up in here and ask me like you had a different opinion? That, that's not what I, I – I wasn't asking you if Tennessee's bye week came at a perfect time. I was asking you if you preferred your bye week to be earlier in, in the year to where 75% of your schedule wasn't already played. Yeah, I prefer to come at the right time. Don't have to be at the front. Don't have to be at the back. Don't have to be in the middle. Just just come at the perfect time. That's all I need. When I, when I got hurt my senior year against Georgia, there was a bye week in between Georgia and Alabama. And that came at the perfect time for me. Because if we would have played Alabama the next week without without that bye week, there's no way in heck that I even play uh, dress. There's no way I even dress. So I didn't finish the game, but I started it. And then I think the next week played South Carolina, and I didn't think I was going to play, and I wound up playing all four quarters. The boy made a couple plays in that game too. But anyways, um, like that bye week came at a perfect time for me. But for this team, bye week is coming at a perfect time. Um, I don't think there's ever a good time for a player – to quit in the middle of the season. Bye week, third week, fourth week, seventh week, fifth week. It don't matter. And I ain't going to sugarcoat it. I ain't going to sugarcoat it. A lie is a lie. Well, you know. This politician, you know, loose with the facts, stretching the truth. He lied. That's the proper word for it. Okay, he lied. That's the, that's it. There's no reason to sugarcoat it. Any player that decides in the middle of the season to not play anymore, quit. 
Simple as that. Not sugarcoating it. Not doing it. You got folks complaining about, oh, this generation is, 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 is you know, soft and, you know, it's the parents and you know, nobody knows, nobody respects hard work and it's all about finishing. But when you conveniently want to dismiss what it really is, then you have situations where it's called I just hit the transfer portal early. It's quit. The Utah, what was it? I think it was Utah. The Utah quarterback that was starting quarterback at the beginning of the season got pulled. Decided that he was hitting the transfer portal. Uh, he quit. Former Texas quarterback. He quit. Yeah, and then quit. before the the ignorant folks who earlier in the year said that you were clamoring for somebody other. Than Harrison Bailey because you you dislike his dad and was just making up BS because they didn't like what you were saying they they didn't like your opinion because they had a different opinion they've got to resort to to just pulling crap out of the air to to spite you uh, before those people reappear and discuss your dislike for Harrison Bailey that that does not exist but uh, you also said the same thing about Brent Smaglia last Quit. year. Quit. Yep, quit. And there were a couple of other guys who quit a couple games in the last year that, that you said the same thing about. So I just got a message. Thanks for calling what it is. Quit. Yeah, I mean, That's quit. exactly what it is. I mean, Jalen Hurd quit. I, yep. You quit. You stop playing in the middle of something, you quit. 1,000. You start something, you don't finish it, you quit. That's what, you, that's what you've done. I'm not I, a fan of it. At all, at any level, at any any point of the season, my team, your team, your mama's team, it don't matter. Quitting is quitting. And that's what happened on yesterday. Now, it don't really bother me like Jadell and her situation bothered me because that affected, like, the team in a different way. Like, Jalen Hurd quit it. He quit but he quit in the middle of a game. Obviously, there was some chemistry issues. It led to us losing to an inferior South Carolina team with the SEC East title on the line. Then we went out the next week and lost to Vanderbilt, an inferior football team, with the Sugar Bowl on the line. Harrison Bailey has not been a problem. He has not been a distraction. The only distraction he's been is folks creating fake screen names on Twitter, you know, politicking for him. When he's been a third-string quarterback, but he has not been a distraction. He has handled himself perfectly. All he's done is went to work, kept his mouth closed. That's what a third-string quarterback is supposed to do. He has handled himself the way he's supposed to, unlike the other third-string, fourth-string quarterback in Brian Mauer. But... We calling spades spades over here, or we calling spades hearts and diamonds and clubs? Just like Brian Maurer quit preseason. He quit. He quit. At, at the, the moment, in my opinion, the moment fall camp starts to the, the final game of the season, 
if you transfer within that first practice and that final game, you quit. You quit. Now. You have all these other months throughout the year to transfer. Now, I wish any player who is transferring the best, I hope they find the place best for them. They go out and they ball out. And I hope they have a Riley Ferguson finish to their career. I hope they figure it out. I hope they ball out. But I ain't making excuses for anybody who decides to quit midseason. It's not even midseason. There's <laughs> four games left. Four games left. 865-255-03. We'll take our first break of the day. Swing event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Our number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Be right back. you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search 
is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Live here from the Low T Center studio. 48 degrees outside. Just a perfect 48 degrees. Great for football weather. Do not wait until 2022. If you need a new HVAC system, you need a new tankless water heater, or generator because these items are going to be extremely limited next year. Call Hiller today. Hiller has special financing available. You can buy now and pay nothing until next year. Hiller's work is backed by their by their happy you'll be or the service is free guarantee. Learn more at happyhiller.com. So um We'll go through the timeline, and then we'll keep it moving on the latest transfer for Tennessee going out. And there's going to be transfers, other guys I'm sure that will be leaving after the season. Josh Heupel's first season, some guys that decide to stay and see what it's like. All right, let me see. New, new coaching staff, new opportunities. Let me go out there and see if I fit in. There's going to be some guys that feel like they don't fit in, and that's okay. And they're going to wait till after the season, which is what you're supposed to do. Unless it has something to do with you know, a red shirt. Like I totally get guys that are preserving their red shirt year and – Decide to not play more than four games. But that's that's simply a conversation. That's simply a conversation that can be had to achieve that. But there's going to be some guys that transfer, and and that's part of it. And Tennessee's going to go out and add players to the roster from other programs. Hopefully, it's that lineman from Wisconsin. Hopefully, hopefully it's that. I think it was another lineman from what Oregon. I think, mm-hmm. it's, a, I think it's like a five star player, but. That's a little far from home. But, hey, last time I checked, Tennessee could be home. Cedric Tillman's doing just fine, a long way from home. I mean, we got there, – there's, there's home in the, in, the, in, the, in the song Rocky Top. Home sweet home to me. It's in the song. We can make Tennessee home for you. We've had plenty of players from the state of California, from the West Coast, make Tennessee home. So you're right. We had to get Cedric Tillman on, who has two extra years after this year if he decides it to uh, to tra- to uh, take it. But transfers happen. They happen. So the timeline, because I, I saw some people kind of talking about this and being loosey-goosey with the facts. Um, so we'll give the facts of, of the timeline, and then we'll keep it moving. Um, but Harrison Bailey committed to Tennessee when there was not an offensive coordinator. 
remember, um, Tyson Heldon was like, uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with this, man. This is not what I signed up for. Mm-mm. Got the head coach taking the play sheet from me during the game. Mm-mm. This is not what I signed up for. So he went on to be the head coach at Western Kentucky. And Tennessee was looking for an offense coordinator for what seemed to be forever. And here's the Bailey's commitment date fell in between the time that Tennessee uh, lost the offense coordinator and the time that Tennessee hired an offense coordinator. So Harrison Bailey committed to Tennessee. Everybody was ecstatic. I was ecstatic as well. Uh, why? Because the reports that I got back from people in Georgia was that he's a dang good football player. Didn't care about the star rating or anything like that, but he was a, he was a good player. Uh, come from a winning program and, and knew how to win. And uh, he, was, he was that prototypical quarterback, 6'5", um, and – you know, it was a pocket passer. I like pocket passers. I like I, – hey, don't need to be a dual threat to me. I like pocket passers. So, Tennessee then goes out and they hire Jim Chaney. And then we start hearing reports about how Jim Chaney didn't really recruit Harrison Bailey when he was at Georgia. And then I was like, Ugh. Oh, boy. Great. Here, here we go. Only in Tennessee, right? Ugh. And we, we can say it's, it's not even reports. We, we know for fact that Jim Chaney did not facts go the after facts. Harrison Bailey when, when Harrison was in his backyard. And it's, it's a little weird that five-star quarterback in Georgia's backyard wasn't pursued by Tennessee. Correct. So then that, or by Georgia, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so learned that, and then we knew that uh, Tennessee, Jim Chaney, wanted to go out and, and get Harrison Bailey, but uh, Hayes King. And Harrison was cool with that. There was no word of Harrison going to where else if Tennessee were to actually seal the deal with Haynes King. Harrison was cool with that. He embraced the competition. So good, good for Harrison. Um, you, you'd like to see that. Tennessee was unsuccessful in getting Haynes King. It, it was close, but he picked Texas A&M. So then, last season was obviously Harrison's first year. He had um, a couple different stints where he was unable to practice because of uh, contact tracing. Uh, it really hurt his development early. Now, The reports were when he did get out there is that he just wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to go out there and play. Now, I've seen the Brent Schaefer's of the world. I've seen guys, the Eric Angels of the world. I've seen guys that they might not have been ready as far as embracing the entire playbook, but it don't matter. We're going to make it roll because these guys – are good. These guys just bring a different element to the game. But Tennessee didn't do that. They didn't do that. Um, We did see Harrison play last year um, against Arkansas late in the game, and he was not put in the best position. 
his first throw as a collegiate quarterback was a fourth down and four or five, tried to throw a slant to Jalen Hyatt in traffic, and it just wasn't his fault. And I really felt bad for him because he was put in that position as a true freshman, his first time playing. Just stinks. Um, he got the, the nod of Vanderbilt and played, played well, was very efficient, did his thing, and then boom, season's over. We knew JG wasn't coming back, and that was the best thing for both of us, Tennessee and for him. And then there was talk about, all right, who, who is Tennessee going to go out and get in the transfer portal? Hendon Hooker announces you know, his decision to transfer to Tennessee. Uh, I saw his, his graphic yesterday where he was rocking the number two in his commitment tweet. Tennessee fires Jeremy Pruitt. These guys, um, Hendon and the receivers, are throwing on, throwing in the complex. Just hey, well, who's going to be the coach? We still need to develop chemistry, so it don't really matter. And Hendon was going to stay put, regardless of who the coach was going um, to be. So Hendon and Mauer, Harrison Bailey, um, right there, and then after the spring. Joe Milton is added to to the mix. And then Joe Milton was the favorite um, through the summer, through fall camp. He's named named a starter. Um, Brian Maurer at times looked really, really good, but just was inconsistent and not a leader. Simple as that. So Harrison Harrison was kind of teetering between three and four, four and three, whatever. Uh, Brian Maurer leaves, and it's Harrison's – the third, the third spot is Harrison's. At any point, was Harrison? I think really considered to be a guy that was going to play, even though Joe Milton struggled. Now, if Henry Hooker wouldn't have been able to go, and his injury was more significant that he had against Ole Miss, maybe we're having a different conversation. And in that case, if I'm Harrison, I'm like, no, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to play. I want to preserve my redshirt year. That's the business side of it. Just the pure football side of it is how you going to turn down an opportunity to play when your teammates need you to play. So probably a good, that's that's a great thing that Hendon didn't get, didn't get hurt, number one, because Hendon obviously is our best quarterback, and you don't want our best quarterback to be hurt. But, man, we prevented a probably a sticky situation, Ben, that Josh Hyper would have had to handle um, – as a head coach at, at at Tennessee, you have a quarterback in Harrison Bailey that's probably been thinking about transferring for a very, very long time, wants to preserve all of his years, and two quarterbacks in front of him, one gets hurt, one had a bonehead decision against Ole Miss. He can't play him. So if, if Harrison was called upon, the, the last thing you want to see is a player going, nah, I'm good, I don't want to play. <laughs> But you understand both sides of it. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Um, yesterday he decides to to transfer, and um, because of the play of Henry Hooker, everyone's like, "All right, man, thank thanks, appreciate you, and good luck, and we wish you the best." And I'm glad. 
because I'm, gl- I'm glad it's not messy. I'm glad we're not embarrassing ourselves. I mean, we wouldn't, but two weeks ago when, you know, the national media had us in the crosshairs for a few people, uh, idiotic decisions to throw stuff at the, on the field against Ole Miss. So I'm just glad that we didn't have that. Every situation doesn't call for drama. There's no reason to create any drama. So players transfer, quarterbacks transfer all the time. One thing that we have learned through this whole Harrison Bailey ordeal is that he should have never been a five-star. And stars are sometimes wrong. Sometimes. Listen, sometimes a player gets, you know, a certain star, even if it's not enough. Like, sometimes a three-star player is not truly a three-star player. He's actually better than that. And sometimes a five-star player is not a five-star player. That That is the one thing that we have learned that we should have learned through this whole ordeal because that field star had pumped up a lot of people's expectations and made it really unfair for Harrison. He was never a five-star. It don't matter now. It doesn't matter what star you was in high school once you get to college. But I think that's the one lesson that I've learned during the Harrison Bailey era is that the stars are not in concrete. And these dudes are human dudes and ladies that, that recruit, excuse me, recruit, but they uh, evaluate and, and rate guys. They're human. They're human. They make mistakes. They don't always get it right. Completely agree. I, I honestly think we're spending more time on this than, than we probably should. Oh, we moving on. But I, I get it. Harrison Bailey is a, a pressing topic, and, and I hate that it became – such a hot topic because it made it seem as if people were out to get him and just didn't want him to succeed. And that that's not the case at all. It, it's trying to relay the truth that he, he should have never been a five-star in the first place. And that set unfair expectations on Harrison. And it was going to be near impossible for him to, to live up to those expectations. Because even if he, he transfers and he finds success elsewhere, it, it's not going to be to the level of a five-star quarterback because he is not a five-star quarterback. And I hate that it didn't work out for him at Tennessee, but viewing it from, from Tennessee's lens through Tennessee's glasses, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not losing sleep over Harrison Bailey transferring. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not. I, I don't I don't believe that he's good enough to play at a high level in the SEC. That's my personal opinion. I may be proven wrong on that. Harrison Bailey may may go elsewhere and, and ball out and, and make me look silly for, for making that comment, and, and that'll be perfectly fine. And I hope he does. I, I was about to say that. Yeah. I, I hope he does go elsewhere and, like you said earlier, have a Riley Ferguson type of impact elsewhere. Uh, so, I I'm not losing much sleep over it. If I'm if I'm Tennessee, you you've probably got Hendon Hooker coming back next year, and then theoretically Taven Jackson can be ready the year after Hendon does finish up his his eligibility, which would be 2023. Would would theoretically be when when Taven Jackson is ready, and 
there will be guys like Hendon Hooker that become available in the transfer portal as, as well if, if Taven isn't ready by then. Or if, for some reason, that would surprise me as of today, if Hendon decided to, to move on. So I, I'm not losing much sleep over, over Harrison leaving. I don't, I don't think he was good enough to play at Tennessee, to be honest with you. Again, that may get thrown in my face. We'll see. Uh, wish him well. I, I don't like the fact that he's leaving now. I understand why he is leaving. I don't, I don't blame him whatsoever. If, if I were him, I, w- I would look to leave as well. But I, I don't like leaving on October 27th when, when you have four games left. I, I don't understand why you can't have a mutual agreement with with Tennessee to, to stick it out for for another month. And when, when I say mutual agreement, I, I'm saying, hey, I'm leaving. Don't play me. Don't play me. <laughs> and and, and I, I can understand that maybe you can't 1,000% trust a coach to actually not play you. What, what if what if Hendon Hooker gets hurt? What if Joe Milton gets hurt? And, and then all of a sudden – Harrison Bailey, who's already had this conversation of, hey, I'm, I'm leaving, and, and this would be his fifth game. Not that it would be because he hasn't played that much to, to this point in the played year. Played one. He played right. one game, but, yeah. But, like, what if he, what, what if he plays against what, – what, what if he so happens to, to have played in the next three games and then all of a sudden it's the last game of the year against Vanderbilt and it would be his fifth game that he's played in and now – now Hendon Hooker's hurt, Joe Milton's hurt, but and you've had this mutual agreement not to play in more than four games so you can redshirt. I, I can understand maybe not being willing to trust the coach in that situation because the coach is going to want to throw Harrison in in that situation. So I, I, I do, I guess, kind of get that angle of it. Not that that is actually going to happen because I would be surprised if, if Harrison would have played the, the, the next two weeks. And other guys wouldn't got, you know, would have healed up unless they got hurt right. in a freak incident walking down the hill going to class and tripped right. and rolled down the hill and got hurt or something right. like that. My, my point in bringing that up is that you just never know. We, we've seen Correct. crazier things in college football. Zeb Nolan this year, crazy, crazy story. Lynn Bowden at Kentucky after Kentucky had some quarterback injuries two years ago. We, we've seen some some crazy things. Navy had to bring in a, a cadet from the stands we get a Charlie of years High. ago. Charlie High can make his Tennessee <laughs> debut. Hey, well, we'll get, we got Gaston Moore. The, the kid oh, yeah, from, that's uh, right. Gaston Moore can beat Vanderbilt. You put 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 Valus back there. Let him run the Wildcat <laughs> against against exactly. Vanderbilt. Exactly. That that's that's what I want to see. So like I get a little bit of that from from Harrison's side of things in terms of why you would transfer now. You just don't want to risk it per se. Not that I think it would actually happen, but I I just I I I do not like this aspect of college football. The Wisconsin offensive lineman that we're clamoring about, he is quitting on his team. Uh, yep. The the Oregon player that you mentioned, he is quitting. quitting on his team. Anybody who transfers at this time of the year, in my opinion, at any point during the season, is, is quitting on their football team. So that's the only thing that I don't like about this. But I totally understand why Harrison is, is moving on, and I wish him the best. Let's get to uh, Andy, who's been waiting very patiently. Andy, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Man, wonderful. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh I was going to kind of, kind of take the words out of my mouth, man. <laughs> I was going to uh, echo that sentiment where I really don't understand why uh, this is such a big deal. I guess uh, everything Tennessee is a big deal. But, um, I mean, I wanted to see what Bailey could do, too, in the game. And then we saw it. 
and the dude just doesn't seem to be a fit here, right? I mean, he does. He isn't. He doesn't fit what we're trying to do. Yeah, pretty simple. I mean, yeah. I yeah, and and so I mean, it's we're losing some depth. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, Hopple Hopple's going to go out there and he's going to find some more to bring in, and and I think also right now with uh, one thing I was going to get your take on was. Um, a big thing for us right now is, the, of course, the recruiting and the, the investigation and everything looming over our head to bring in some some players, maybe a quarterback or something like that, that could hinder us a little bit. But uh, I was thinking about this uh, last night with the maybe the psychological construct, like maybe a player would think about where the, when they're getting recruited, they're getting all this smoke blown, right? I mean, they're they're getting told how great they are all the time and this and that. But when you get a guy out of the transfer portal, I mean, he's already been to a stop. He's seen where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in a different mindset. He's going to be, I would think, more about his business and getting it done than somebody that's being recruited, you know? So I was going to get your take on that because you've been there, Swain. You know, you've seen those guys, and uh, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, Andy, when you when you mentioned that, I think about Alvin Kamara's recruitment and how, like, Alvin didn't care about any of the the, the, the fireworks or the chest bumping, the hot sauce. He didn't care about any of that stuff because he had went through it when he picked Alabama originally. And I remember upstairs in the recruiting office, the message to everyone was like, hey, don't do that with Alvin. And even some assistant coaches told the head coach, like, yo, tone it down. He's not a high schooler. He don't want that because that's going to turn him off that you fake. I think we can see now, knowing Alvin and seeing Alvin, that he's not not about that type of attention. He just wants to play ball. He's low-key. And so Tennessee had to just – Really make it about, hey man, we got a we got a spot for you. You obviously know some people here, you know Jason Kroom, Diamond the Shields. You have some a relationship with, you know, some of our players. We need a running back like you. This offense fits you, but none of the other stuff. And that's how I think these transfers should be. Like these transfers that. Acting like they're 17, 18 years old again. About to drop my top five. Oh, my gosh. Didn't you do this two years ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Here we go. Just tell us where you're going and shut up. It's my thought process. But, yes, those, those transfers are more business in their decision than, than high schoolers. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Jay. Jay, good morning. Swain, good morning, brother. Jay, what's up, man? Man, I'm enjoying this beautiful sunset, bro. It's, uh, it's a great day to be alive. Sunset or sunrise? Sunrise, excuse me. Yeah, man. I'm like, where are you? Yeah, Hong no, Kong. I'm over in Japan Vacation right now, with yeah. Daytona? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vacating over there in uh, Hong Kong, huh? <laughs> man, wouldn't you like to Rush see Al in this in this offense with Josh Scheifel? Say that again. 
I said, wouldn't you like to have seen Alvin Kamara in this offense Man. with Josh Heupel? Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see that whole entire team in this offense. Dobbs, Ooh, Malone. Sweet. No offense to Hendon, but I mean, I would have liked to see like all the, that whole team play in this offense. And that whole team play with this staff, with this culture. Yeah. That would have been yeah. fun. I I don't, you know, I, I don't know what Heifel's going to do here. I, I have hope. But, uh, you know, look, we had hope for every coach at one point in time. I mean, you go, Twitter is a great archive to go back and look. You can go back and see where, you know, Butch, they well, Butch is the right guy for the job. Our team plays hard, all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that Hypo would have not blown the East two years in a row. I think he would have at least got to Atlanta one of those years, uh, the two years that Butch basically blew it. So, but uh, guys, this transfer portal how how are you going to keep quarterbacks in this day and age? Like, why – explain to me why uh, Joe Milton is going to stay another year and, war- barring an injury, going to warm the bench. It just seems like this is going to be really, really hard to keep any sort of quarterback depth whatsoever. And I know the tr- you can go and get another guy in the transfer portal, but, like, next year, what quarterback that's worth any salt at all and the transfer portal is going to come here knowing that Hendon is the guy. I mean, maybe they're looking towards the future and saying, I'm going to try to beat out Taven Jackson, but it just seems that it's going to be really hard to keep quarterback depth. And you're just going to be an injury away from being in a really, really bad situation. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that you can have three deep quarterbacks that you feel confident about. And I know, like, players on this team, you know, you ask them about the quarterback situation, they say, oh, we we feel confident in all three. Okay, cool. You feel confident in all three, but that doesn't mean there's not a significant drop-off. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be hard to in, in today's age to carry three quarterbacks that can go out there, and if the second one gets hurt, the third one can go out there, and because he has a talent – and maybe he's a little wet behind the ears, he still can, can pull you to a victory. I think there's going to be a huge drop-off from two to three now. I think the best-case scenario is that you have a senior as your starter and a freshman as the second guy, and then your third guy is like a Stetson Bennett type who's just happy to have a scholarship and just happy to be on the team, happy to play quarterback, and is not really looking to play. He just he, he he's gonna get his degree. He likes being a quarterback. He you know he likes being popular because he's backup. He's not gonna cause any stir. And mm-hmm. hey, if two guys get hurt in front of me, all right, call me. I'll be at the frat house. Like that's the that's probably the best case scenario to carry three. But I don't think you're gonna be able to carry three in today's age, day and age. Um, I don't see how you can have a quarterback for every class. You used to be able to want to have a sophomore, a junior, or a senior, or a freshman, sophomore, junior, 
you want to have one in every class. But I think it's going to be hard to keep those guys on your roster because they're going to want to transfer and go other places. So it's just very important that if you're a coach, you better have – like you better have number one taken care of. You better have number one taken care of. And if you don't, you're going to be in some trouble. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jay. Today I agree with you. <laughs> well, hey, man, it's a, it's a blessing, man. And Swain agrees with you. Uh, well, Swain, so you, I mean, so so next year, I mean, we could be in a situation where Hendon's our starter. Maybe Milton has wanting to go look elsewhere, to, somewhere he can actually get on the field. And then our backup's going to be a true freshman, Taven Jackson, unless we go to the portal. But who's to say Taven Jackson's not better than the guy that, we get out of the portal if, if that does happen. I mean, that, yeah. that's, we could be looking at that situation next year. Yeah, yeah, possible. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a razor's edge, man. It's, this has made quarterback play a razor's edge. It has. So it's it's going to be interesting. Y'all hang in there. Thanks for agreeing with me, Slane. Oh, man. Well, thanks for making a point that I agree with today. <laughs> Always a great day when uh, Swain, uh, Swain doesn't disagree with you. Oh, man. Which is all the time. And uh, let the record show. Jay's point was different than Neil and Mafia's point yesterday, okay? Just make <laughs> make sure we understand that. Um, I'll be real curious to see where Mr. Bailey ends up. Be real curious. I mean, I think this I think it's a good fit for him right here in this conference. Well, I I agree that it's a good fit for him. For Is him. it a a good fit for the school that may want him. I I I think if I'm Harrison Bailey, I'm looking at South Carolina going, yo, y'all need a quarterback. But it if you're South Carolina, why would you want Harrison Bailey? Uh, I don't know. Now and and there have been because he's better than what you got. There there have the been GA. rumors about SEC East teams trying to get involved with Harrison. So we'll we'll see personally. I'd be perfectly fine with him going to another SEC East school. It would not bother me one bit. No, nah, it would bother me one bit at all. Um, let's see here. VFL Shad says, if you were hyper, would you let Daryl Milton come back? That's a great question that I don't know the answer to. I tried to think about that by myself the other day, and it gave me a headache, so I quit trying. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you read his his post on on social media a couple of weeks ago when he announced that he was leaving West Virginia, but he he seemed like a genuine young man who understood what needed to change for him to be successful at this level. And I, I have a a soft heart when it comes to the things like that. So part of it was, hey, let, yeah, let's give give Daryl Middleton another shot. And then what came to mind? That what what if what if it's just put it on for social media and and then what else came to mind? Is it really worth one season? And then what else came to mind? The, the original reason why he left in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, here's a, a Knoxville kid that um, I mean, a lot of people. I've been, you know, in his ear, and trying to guide and steer him in the right direction. 
And sometimes he's listening, sometimes he hasn't. And I think now is the most you know, humble time of his career. Because quite frankly, you know, it's a, it's a red flag when you transfer from Tennessee where everyone's going to have an opportunity to play because of the depleted roster. So why would you, you want to leave Tennessee after what happened to Pruitt? Unless you're one of the guys that, you know, taking care of whatever, one of Pruitt's guys. But, like, if, it, if it's about playing ball and have an opportunity to play ball, like, this was the perfect scenario. And you see guys like Jaquan, Jaquan Blakely and uh, Matthew Butler, I mean, they take advantage of, of those reps being a upperclassman. So why would you want to leave? It's a red flag when you leave. Then it's another red flag when you transfer in the middle of the season to new school. It's a red flag. But I'm a believer in second chances. I'm a believer in, man, if, you, if your heart's right, then you deserve a second chance. And the reason why you don't know, Ben, what you would do, because you don't know what that conversation would be like if Middleton and Heupel sit down and talk. You don't know. We don't know. No one knows. But what would you do is the question. Well, it depends on Darren Milton. If I'm Josh Heupel, it depends on him. I have a conversation with him. And there's a reason why he left. No one was crying when he left the first time. I think I think Darren Milton was one of the players that the new coaches were like, hey, man, you, you going to buy in? No? Okay, well, you can you can go. And I think that conversation would be, hey, man, are you 100% committed to, to buying in? That has to happen first. Hour two coming up.